Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Hi, everyone. Happy Monday. Actually, today we'll call it Last Minute Monday, right? Because okay. yeah. uh, Charles just slid in, so I'm going to go ahead and start. But we're all here for a while. We thought we might have an empty chair, but I'm here. there you were. You know, you were right on it. So um, how are you? I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm good. I'm excited about today's show. We have a very special guest. Yes, we do. And we're going to talk about her in a second because I'm really excited to have her on the show, too. But I wanted to just let everyone know and to remind you that you can always listen to all the replays. They're available 24-7 on TalkZone.com. Just look us up under the business channel. We are featured, Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Just click on that and you'll see the entire archive. You can also listen to us from iTunes, and you can also download the TalkZone app for free out of the Google Play Store. And then you can listen to us everywhere. You can listen to us before you fall asleep. Like, what a nice way we to nod off. <laughs> and just remember, it's not really us, but the really cool guests that we bring. The guests forward, right? are wonderful. And I also wanted to talk a little bit before we started about Webinar Wednesdays. We have not been talking about Webinar Wednesdays. And if you go to our website, charlieandeva.com, you can learn about Webinar Wednesdays right on the first page. It's under events on our homepage. And you can sign up there for free. And you are the third Wednesday of the month. And I am the final Wednesday of the month. And so what we talk about is a little different. Charles tends to talk about agile methodology and shared leadership, whereas I talk about personal development. So this week's webinar Wednesday is Overcoming Resistance based on the work of Stephen Pressfield. So if any of you are familiar with his work, um, he is terrific. So, And I have a guest presenter this week, Renee Lebrenz. She's an EFT practitioner and a coach. And so it's going to be a really, really good conversation around how to break through resistance and roadblocks when you want to get anything big accomplished. Nice. I'm, I can't wait. It's going to be a good one. It really is. And next month, I'm going to be talking about the mind-body connection and how our body fights us when we try to do big change. So nice. it's all kind of all backed up. Um, replays are also available on that on our YouTube channel, which is thevisionopgroup.com. You can just Google either one of us and you will find it. And do you have anything to add on your webinar Wednesdays? Um, no. Uh, next, uh, My next webinar is going to be on shared leadership, which is not leadership, not servant leadership, but shared leadership. We're going to talk about the nine principles of shared leadership, and we're going to change the world. It is world-changing because it's about leading from wherever you're at in the organization or in your own business, right? Yes. I mean, we have to lead from Every spot. We leadership don't. in behavior is a prerequisite for leadership in title. Well, and don't get me started. I mean, we're seeing where leadership is going south. Wells Fargo is the latest. I mean, it's just craziness. And um, these are all people that have taken a lot of leadership training. You and are, um, it's you, bad news. You are very right. 
but I'm not going to get started on that. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about our guest today. I am really, really excited to have with us Terry Britt. Terry is a speaker, energetic healer, spiritual coach, and she is the author of a couple of books, Women Leaders of Love, How to End the Number One Massive Mistake Women Make and Unleash Your Greatest Act of Service. And she's also written, that was her latest book, and she's also written The Entitled Mom, A Mother's Guide for Bringing Peace, Love, and Light to Your Family's Life. So, Terry, are you with us? I am with you, and and, and I, I hate correcting the host, but it's not the entitled mom, it's the enlightened mom. Oh, the entitled mom. That's funny. Do you, you look at me? Yeah. Oh, Terry, I'm so sorry. It is absolutely the enlightened mom and not the entitled mom. We must be having entitled men. Yeah. on our brain. So how are you? That's welcome to the okay. show. I'm sorry, what did you say? I said, how are you? And welcome to the show. I'm great. Thank you. And I always like starting a, a show with a good laugh. So why not? Right? <laughs> <laughs> we can play with it. I'm doing great. And I'm very excited to be here and to chat with you guys and to just just to talk about some interesting uh, insights that I've had over the years and to share it with your listeners. So I really appreciate you guys giving me that voice to allow me a platform to share. Now, we're really excited to have you here today. And before we get started, um, why don't you share with our listeners your website so that people can listen along and check you out as we're talking? Sure. Uh, check me out, babies. Check me out. Uh, it's... <laughs> It's terrybrit.com, T-E-R-R-I-B, as in boy, R-I-T-T.com, terrybrit.com. It's real easy. Perfect. Thank you. And so, Terry, I mean, you're amazing. We know this. Um, we met you a few months ago, and we loved your story. So I was thinking it might be a good idea to kind of Start with how you became an energetic healer and a spiritual coach because your path was very different. I mean, you you won Miss USA in 1982, which is amazing. But then you also found that your personal life really wasn't working for you and it kind of sent you on a different trajectory. Absolutely. That's exactly what happened. Well, I, you know, we, when we look at our lives and we say, okay, what, what were the turning points and what led us to those turning points? Well, for me... It was that I was raised to be a good girl. And in our family, being a good girl meant that everybody else's opinions mattered more, their feelings mattered more, you put yourself on the back burner. And I watched my mom and dad both doing this. However, however, what I did see as a, uh, as a young girl was that my dad seemed like if it had to be one way or the other, he had the better way because he had the final voice in our family. He had... Uh, he seemed like he had all the power. He seemed like he was the one that was being seen, heard, and valued. So at a very young age, I decided I was going to be like my dad. I was going to be really, 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 really good. I was going to work really, 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 really hard, and that was going to bring me love, success, and happiness. Well, talk about making a decision that would put your life on a trajectory. My whole childhood, teenagehood, young adulthood was all about Proving myself it was all about living on that hamster wheel, just trying to win other people's approval. That that was my whole life. Well, luckily, in my second semester of my sophomore year at college, I had become an emotional mess because I was buried from being on this hamster wheel. I mean, so much to the point that I was angry. I mean, I was. I always felt like I was 
this tea kettle that was ready to spew, and it was right underneath the surface. You, you, you know, I always had on my happy face mask, and then I would explode. So much so that I put my fist through my boyfriend's window um, in my, I guess it was in my freshman year of college. I was just angry at him. I wanted him to love me the way I wanted to be loved. I wanted him to tell me I was okay, and he wasn't filling me up. So I got angry, and I lashed out, and I put my fist in his kitchen window, I always used to try to beat him up. I mean, I, I really was an emotional mess. Well, in the second semester of my sophomore year, I had had enough. I just I couldn't stand myself anymore. And luckily, thankfully, this guy that was a friend of mine, I was talking to him on a Sunday afternoon. It was I was preparing to go back to school for the after the weekend of being home. And as I talked to him, I said, I hate school. I don't want to go back. And he said, so don't go. <laughs> and I said, so I have to. And he said, says who? And something washed over me that said, he's right. Says mm-hmm. who? I mean, you guys, my whole life had been about making the perfect grades. I graduated second in my high school, high school class. I mean, I everything was about doing life perfectly, getting it right so that I could win and be seen and heard. But in that moment, something washed over me and I said, that's it. So I went into my mom and dad that I can't do this anymore. I don't know where I'm going, but what I know is that where I've been is not working. I've got to come home. I'll let go of my apartment. I'll let go of everything. I'll come home and get a job if you'll just let me quit school. Well, of course, they tried to talk me out of it for a minute, but they they said, okay. Within probably a week or so, I was home, had found somebody to take over my lease. I mean, it was in the middle of the school year, but things were flowing. Well, interestingly, just a month or so later, I was selling shoes at a department store, and a former Miss Arkansas came in. She didn't recognize me. I had been in the pageant the year prior looking for a break and didn't get it. I made top five, and I said, that's it. I'll never do this again, because literally for me, the few pageants that I was ever in were just about getting on stage and performing and and looking for breaks, because I liked performing. I came from a small town of 4,000 people. But she didn't recognize me when I saw her because I cut my hair off really, really short. I'm talking about right at my ears. Um, I had lost a little weight because I was no longer eating college food. And uh, <laughs> when I told her who I was, she said, are you going to be in the pageant this year? And I said, no, I'm not going to. She said, uh, why not? And I told her I'd been looking for a break and thought I wanted to get into television and, and acting, modeling, whatever. And she said, well, a production company out of Miami just bought the Miss Arkansas franchise, they do commercials, you might want to consider it. So, of course, my little antenna went up. I was like, hmm, maybe I do want to do this. So I went home, told my mom, and she said, well, I'll make your dress. I went, I was also training to sell timeshares at a resort. I asked them if they would sponsor me. They said yes. Well, that's what happened. My mama made my dress. They sponsored me. I went into the Miss Arkansas pageant. It was in April. Won the pageant. Two weeks later, left for Miss USA and went on to Miss USA in my little leotard. I mean, I was so unprepared for my state costume. I had this little leotard that had a piece of chiffon that went over my shoulders with apple blossoms glued to it. I was used as an example of not what to bring to the Miss USA pageant to the state directors. There was a meeting they had with the president of Miss Universe, Inc. that owned Miss USA back then. 
and he used me as an example of what not to bring to Miss USA. Well, you can only imagine his shock when they asked me in the top 12, Bob Barker says, what do you do in Cabot, Arkansas on a Saturday night? And I said, well, Bob, in the winter we stay at home, but in the summer we go to Tasty Freeze and we sit on the back of my friend's truck. He plays the banjo and the guys drink a little beer and dip a little skull. It's a real good time. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I won. (laughs) I won. Uh, It was really interesting. If you could see the look on my face, if you were to go in YouTube, Miss USA 1982, Terry Utley, because that was my maiden name, you would get a good laugh when you see my face because my mouth is as big as the Grand Canyon. And (laughs) what was interesting for me is that night, in that moment of winning, of course, your ego's like, yeah, I won, I did it. But there was another part of me inside that said, is this it? Is this it? Is this what I've been looking for my whole life? Because I was finally getting that acknowledgement, right? I was finally getting that success and rewards and all the things that I had been searching for that something was missing. And I didn't really get it other than a seed was planted at that time. And it took a long time of of germinating, I guess would be the proper word, for me to finally get it. And, and the way that came about is I worked in the television industry. I was the uh, host for what's now the E! Channel. It was uh, called Movie Time back then. I was the news anchor, covered the Cannes Film Festival and the Academy Awards and did all this wonderful stuff, right? But nothing was filling me up. I left everything. I left everything to become a wife and mom. And what I discovered when I became the stepmother to my husband's son, and my husband is now deceased, I'm remarried, but back then his his name was Steve, and he had this little boy who at that time was about five years old. He's now 33. And AJ was the typical little boy. But in my mind, I had to make him be good. I had to prepare him for the future, much like most parents do. And I had to make sure that he got it right, did everything right, and that he put his best foot forward. Well, what I found in myself is that I often saw myself screaming at him to the point where I couldn't stand myself. And Terry, I'm going to stop you right now because we're going to take our first break. But I love this story. Um, There's so much here, and you've been through a lot and your journey I think is similar to what a lot of women go through, especially when it comes to giving away our power and seeing the men in our life have power. Just they get power almost automatically. And yet, you know, we try to do everything in our power to do everything right. And yet it turns out that, you know, it's more around being authentic. So I love this conversation. I love where it's going. Um, we'll pick it up when we get back. Please stay with us, everyone. It's Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is Terry Britt. We'll be right back. And now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Hey, um, welcome back, everyone. We are privileged today to be speaking with Terry Britt, and um, this we Terry is an author of multiple books, also former Miss USA, which is unbelievable in itself. Yes, it is. And um, you can please go right now to terrybritt.com. That's T-E-R-R-I-B-R-I-T-T.com to learn more, and also. Um, look at 
the books that are already out there. I'm assuming we can get these books through your website, Terry? Absolutely. Women Leaders of Love is uh, my newest ebook, and it's part of the Worthiness Quotient Breakthrough Bundle, which I'll tell you a little bit about that. You can find that on my homepage, uh, The Enlightened Mom. You can look in my store. You'll see the menu at the top, and you can uh, find it there. Or if you scroll down the homepage, you'll see, uh, I think there's a, uh, an option to, to click on a, a link right there with the cover of the book, so you can look at that there. Everything is on the homepage. So it's easy to access. Excellent, and that's Terry Britt, T-E-R-R-I, B-R-I-T-T dot com. You know, um, there's so many things that I wanted to ask, but I was also kind of interested in what you were saying uh, before the break. You know, so you went through college, you kind of got some sort of revelation that maybe you were not on the path you need to be on, Um and somehow you managed to change direction. You rode that unbelievable wave of Miss USA. Which was unbelievable. This, that story is unbelievable, Terry, right. by the way. <laughs> I mean, I don't make light of it, but that's right. USA, right? Right, it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. Um, and then you were talking about shifting gears, and now you're trying to communicate and, and be a, a parent to someone. Must have been like, whew, you must have been dizzy by that point. Well, what, you know, it was interesting. I was dizzy. I felt like my life has been this wild roller coaster, always just emotional, up and down, anger, joy, sadness. I mean, there was just, it, it just, it was, it ran the gamut. And I think what happened for me, uh, in the end and what really turned the tide for me to get onto a path of really finding joy and happiness was when I, as I, as we went to break, I was sharing with you about my stepson. The one day that was, that really made an impact on me is he was sitting on his bed, his little bunk bed. At this point, he was about eight years old. He had his arms wrapped around his knees. He was all tight in a ball and tears were streaming down his face. I have no idea what we were fighting about, but what I do remember is standing above him and screaming. Again, it was that moment where something washed over me. I can't even tell you what it was in that moment, but I fell to my knees crying. And I said to him, I don't know how to love you. I don't know how to love you. And that is where I felt like I had hit bottom. Because my whole life I have been told, push, push, shove, shove, be good, do it right, put yourself on the back burner, try to get ahead. I mean, there was so much confusion and so much mental chaos that my life felt out of control, and I knew in that moment that I was perpetuating this cycle with my children. At that time, I had already had a little baby girl. Her name was Mackenzie, and um, and then uh, I let a little time pass before I really took a look at this because I got pregnant again with my youngest, Colby, and my girls are now in their 20s. But I knew that I had to shift if I wanted something to be different. Well, the catalyst for that was when my dad died in 95. And what was so interesting is this man who I had made my hero my whole childhood. When I won Miss USA, it was in the early 80s, and he had been in real estate. Well, the the real estate industry with the recession going on, he lost everything. I ended up giving him my money to to go invest for Miss USA. He lost all of it. From that point on, he went on this downward spiral to losing our my family home and bankruptcy. He became an alcoholic. 
he was a complete mess. This man that I had idolized and thought, I want to be just like him. When he died in 95, the horribly broken man, I went into therapy. And I started looking at his life and looking at my life, and there was a moment that hit me, and it was that awareness that said my dad had no forgiveness of himself, and I've become just like him. And that's when I knew the buck stopped here. Yeah. Um, There's some intelligence there. By the way, right? I mean, uh, and well, it's a lot of introspection, right? Yes, and um, so there was a lot of uh, seeds planted by him as well for you to grow. It's sort of like, but you know, I love. It's like an Oprah moment when you say, "I don't know how to love." I mean, yeah, uh, and it takes a lot of courage to understand that. Well, and it takes a lot of courage even now to share this story. And, and we certainly appreciate your authenticity because it's so important to help others. Cause I think so many people struggle with this, but never talk about it. Well, kind of what you were saying early on was, you know, you're going 90 miles an hour doing everything you think you're supposed to be doing. Right. And this is really what's being missed, right? What with the authentic self that you are. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Interesting Always that you were able to places. break through it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. It was, um, it was a real awakening. I mean, I can remember it like it was yesterday. And that's been, that was back in 90, well, daddy died in 95 at the beginning of 95. So that awakening happened in right at around 96. And thankfully, thankfully, I had a therapist who said, you are wound really tight, Terry. You need to get into meditation. <laughs> oh, wow. That's something, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And um, let me tell you what happened. I mean, I knew that I wanted to be something different, and what I knew is that I wanted to be unconditional love for myself and for my family. I knew that even though it looked like I was doing what most families did, you trying to make your children do right, be right, and loving them, even if they screw up, that's unconditional love. But that, in my heart, I knew was not unconditional love. Unconditional love, for me, I knew was that I had to love who I am and the way I was created, and I need to be okay with that with my children and my husband. And so I made it my mission. Well, interestingly, when I ended up at this um, healing school, I didn't know that my whole life was going to unfold before me. I got into meditation classes, and every time I'd sit down to meditate, I became more peaceful, more connected, more joyful. And then from there... I went into the energetic healing classes, and it was like, wow, I can't believe this. People would, the teachers would assign us to heal people in the school. The, the healing uh, uh, students would come in and, and heal other students. And every time I'd get assigned to someone, people would say, oh, I'm so glad it's you. I love it when you do the healing. You can only imagine. I mean, my whole life had been about doing everything right to please people, but now I was actually finding a gift that I could be of service to people. You know, because before it was about winning their love. Now it was about like, you mean I've got something I can share? You mean I've got something that I can really make a difference? And and so the the energy work became just magical. Well, from that point, I knew I wanted to go into their intuitive program, but I ended up changing schools because my girlfriend and I felt like we want something that is so loving and so amazing, and we were doing this together. Well, we ended up coming across this teacher at another school who was the epitome of unconditional love. Well, for the next year and a half, two years almost, I took classes from this woman on intuitive healing. But what was so cool about it 
mm. is that we would be uh, we would be signed assigned to read a person's energy and look for blockages. But your your clue that when something wasn't that you couldn't see or that you had what was called a matching picture, meaning that you had a similar past story as the person in front of you, you would get all blurry and you couldn't see. So we were shown how to mm-hmm. take out the energy, look in ourselves, take out the energy, clean it up, neutralize it, and then go back and look at the person in front of us so now we could read them. Well, what was so interesting is that every time I would take something out that was a matching picture, I felt like, oh, my gosh, I found a part of myself. You mean I've, I've released this stuff that I thought was truth, and it wasn't truth after all. I released this stuff that felt yucky and made me feel mired in the mundane and drab and dark. And I, the more I released it, the better it was. And I, couldn't even, I can't even tell you how it made a difference in my life. So much so that it was like my world started changing, my family started changing, my husband and I, the, I mean, everything started shifting. Well, that's when I knew that I had to bring these tools into my home. And so what I did is that every time I found myself angry, which was my MO, or controlling or fearful or whatever, instead of being ticked at my husband or my kids, I would say, thank you for the gift. And I would go within and use the energetic tools that I found or that I had discovered through class to clean up my emotional mess. Well, let me tell you, my whole world changed. Everything changed. My family became whole. My uh, the walls, you know, where you know, you know how when you get into a marriage and you start having kids, and all of a sudden that passion was, that was there just tends to just go to the wayside. Next thing you know, you're ticked off at your spouse all the time because you feel like, oh, you're 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 having all the fun, and I'm not. I can't tell you how many times I've heard this in families. Well, all of that crap went away. Wow. And, you know, this be. applies really to everyone, to all of us. It's every every person, every relationship, right? So, I mean, what you're sharing and what you're teaching and now devoting your life to is really for all of us. Mm-hmm. It's for everybody. And you know what's so interesting, Charlie, is that over time, I was then guided to write The Enlightened Mom. And it was it was literally a divine download. I mean, I was, mm-hmm. when I was told to... Uh, to go teach the classes so I could write the book. I was guided to then call local newspapers and let them know what I was doing, and each of them gave me the front page of their home section. My classes mm-hmm. filled out with a, filled up without me ever, ever, without even running an ad. Okay, I mean it was it was so divine the way it happened, and and so when the book was when I was ready to put out the book, all of a sudden I found myself in fear because as an intuitive healer. I had judgment on myself. This was one of the areas that I struggled with the most because I was raised in a family that this was evil. Mm-hmm. So I had extreme fears about being persecuted. So I had to spend a lot of time, so much so that when I was bringing out The Enlightened Mom, which, by the way, won Best Spiritual Book of the Year at New York and San Francisco Book Festival. So it's a powerful, powerful, powerful book. But I shut down. Because I was afraid of being killed, really, if you, if it come, if you want to know the truth of it. I was afraid of being persecuted, so much so that I got sick. I got really, really sick with this disease called Chiari malformation, which is where the brain stem slides into the spine and cuts off your cervical oh fluids. Well, you think about that, that's right at the throat, right? And so our throat yeah. is all about where we give ourselves permission to speak. So I was... Wow. Yeah. I was shutting down. But here's what's so cool about it. 
Part of the reason I had Chiari was I had had five whiplashes. When you look at the spiritual symbology of whiplash, it's about trying to keep up with other people's timing. So you think of your head whipping like, oh, there they go, there they go, there they go. So (laughs) my, my spirit was saying, no, not only are you afraid that you, you know, that you can't tell people that you're an intuitive healer, but you're also now in conflict because you feel like you have to keep up with everyone else and push this out into the world. So I was in this huge conflict. But what I did do is I used my tools. And so I allowed my illness to take me deeper and deeper and deeper into loving and nurturing myself, to going within, looking at what were the beliefs that were causing my pain and suffering and cleaning them up. So much so that after about two years of having this illness, I was ready to step up in the world again. And I said, okay, God. And to me, God is universe, love, energy. I said, okay, God. I said, I'm ready to receive this surgery now. But if there's a kinder, gentler way, please show me the way. And the reason I asked that question is because in the United States, that surgery to heal the Chiari malformation is to go within to the skull, cut it open, go in, cauterize the spine, put a plate in your head, and then hopefully it works. It's usually about a seven-hour surgery and days of ICU. So you can understand why I had put it off, right? Um, no, I, uh, I can. You know, there's a lot here, right? We went from, we went from uh, everything you've accomplished to some of the things you had to overcome, and I'm realizing now that this whole thing is all about your healing ability, which is really cool. Um, we need to take another break, but we want to continue right from this unbelievable story. Please stay with us, uh, Corporate Talk with Charlie Eva, and our very special guest, Terry Britt, will be right back. Let Charlie Labosco show you how to revolutionize your presence in the workplace. Charlie is looking to improve the workplace, and by that he means your relevance in it. Charlie has over 40 years in the corporate workplace. He has seen the unbelievable, mind-boggling, off-the-charts changes in technology, but no real change in our day-to-day and sometimes toxic workplace behavior. Charlie's mission is to revolutionize the workplace by providing the training and the tools needed to lead any organization, regardless of your job description. For more about Charlie and how to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, visit charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on Talk Zone. Wow, thanks for staying with us, everyone. We are having a great conversation today with Terry Britt. And to learn more about Terry, you can go to her website. It's terrybritt.com, T E R R I B R I T T. You can also um, get the books there Women Leaders of Love and the Enlightened Mom, and I almost said Entitled Mom again, The Enlightened Mom. It's like stuck in my head. But so, Terry, I mean, we're just riveted with this story. And so you have Chiari, you have to have this surgery. Okay, so now I need to know what happened. Okay, because this is the real, this is the kicker. So my whole life I've been angry, I've been hard on myself, but I made this turning point of being kinder and gentler to myself and really loving and nurturing myself through my illness. And I was ready to have the surgery, so I said, okay, I'm ready to have the surgery, but if there's a kinder, gentler way, please show me the way. 
and because what I've learned about energy is that you know that that it's like attracts likes, and so if you're holding something that says I deserve kindness and gentleness, that's what shows up, and that's exactly what happened the next day. I went to the mall to have lunch with my husband. We were living in Florida at the time, so we went to an outdoor mall. There was a lady there with a dog, and my hubby has to see the dog, so he's a dog person. Mm -hmm. We go talk to the woman with the dog. Then her husband walks up, because I didn't recognize her, and then when he walked up, I recognized him as having done some work on our roof. I also remembered them uh, into water sports with their son, so I asked them about it. Well, the mom says, he's really sick. We haven't been able to do anything for the last year. He's really sick. And I said, what's wrong with him? And they said, she said, well, he's got this weird disease called Chiari malformation. Wow. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I'd never heard of it at that point no. until I got it. Yeah. So it was quite astonishing to hear that. I told her that I had it. We all dropped our teeth to the ground, right? <laughs> so I asked her, I said, is he having the surgery? She said, well, he's scheduled in New York at the Chiari Institute, but have you heard about this doctor in Spain? And I said, doctor in Spain? She says, yeah, they don't do this surgery here in the United States. She says, you have to be a candidate, but there is a tendon at the base of your spine that connects your tailbone to your spine. If it's damaged, it will create a rigidity in the spine and cause the Chiari malformation. She said, you have to be a candidate. She says, but what they do is they go in, they clip the tendon, it's a 45-minute surgery, and you're out of the hospital the next day. Wow. Wow. Six weeks later. It's amazing. It is amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I asked for a kinder, gentler way, and I got it. it. Six weeks later, I went to Barcelona, Spain. Now, here's the real kicker. I was blown away because over the years as I had been doing this inner healing work and using the energy tools to go within and look at myself, my life was getting easier and I was seeing miracles show up. I I call them miracles, like things would just show up that I wouldn't expect or, I mean, just whether it was money or relationships or whatever, I mean, things would just blow my mind. I could tell you miracle after miracle after miracle. But this one with my health was a huge one, right? So I go to Barcelona, and I'm on my way there. My husband and I are going. I couldn't make up my mind where to stay. He said, honey, if you, normally you would make, if you couldn't make up your mind, you'd just take it as a sign, because I do. I always pay attention to the signs. So I ended up only booking the, the stay for three days, even though I, my doctor wanted me there for 10, you know, to be in town so he could do a, a checkup before he released me. And then my daughter, ironically, was in the south of Spain at semester abroad. So I thought, well, I want to go down and see her. So we go to the hotel the first day, and I don't want to go to sleep because I am uh, wanting to get my body acclimated. So I said, let's find something to do. Well, I see the hotel brochure, and it says monastery tour. I had been hearing monastery in my meditation for months to the point where I had started looking to find a monastery to go to. I didn't know why, but I was just like, I'm supposed to go to a monastery. Well, when I saw it, I'm thinking, holy cow, we have to go to this monastery. So we get on the bus that afternoon, and the... The guide says, we're heading to Montserrat. It's one of the seven most sacred mountains in the world, and people often have encounters here with God. So Charlie and I are going, holy crap, not you, Charlie, my Charlie. (laughs) 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 Want to verify which Charlie we're talking to. So my (laughs) hubby Charlie and I are heading up to the mountain, and the energy is palpable. Well, I end up seeing a little hotel there and knew that I was supposed to stay. They had a room for me, so I went and had the surgery, stayed in Barcelona one day afterwards, and then headed up to the mountain. And this is what I discovered. As I was looking at this monastery, I was saying, why? Why have I been brought here? Why am I brought all the way across the world to this monastery? 
And I start reading on the monastery, and it says, the Divine Mother takes you to God. I'm like, okay, I'm not Catholic, so what does this mean? Mm-hmm. And I heard very clearly, and this is the work that you've been teaching. The work that I've been teaching on loving and nurturing and being the Divine Mother to myself was what moved me out of my ego and moved me into alignment with the way I was created. And it is in this alignment where we feel so connected and we feel so loved and so nurtured that we actually raise our worthiness quotients on how open we are to receiving. And then that's when the miracles show up. Because if you're loving yourself, like energy is what's going to be drawn to you. Energy attracts like energy, just like I learned in that class years ago. So what I was shown is that this this world that we're living in, that we're all pushing and shoving the way I had done it as a kid, where we're trying to be the best, trying to prove our you know, prove the world that you know that we're worthy of rewards and happiness and success is not working. It starts in our families, it starts in our homes, and it's not working. The only way that we can ever have true happiness, love, and success if we get off the hamster wheel and go within and heal. And it is by healing and loving and nurturing ourselves and being that divine mother to ourselves, even you men who are listening, it is by being that divine feminine that we raise our worthiness quotients and open up to abundance and miracles. And so that, I feel, is why I've been on this wild journey of all these ups and downs between between you know winning titles, being on the hamster wheel, working in television, I've had the seven thousand square foot house, the fifty foot yacht, the the cars in the garage, the classic cars. I've had all of it, and nothing, nothing brings you joy and peace and happiness until you find it within. And so that's why I feel like I'm on this mission now to share this message. This is an amazing story. Now, I have to tell you, typically Charlie can't listen for more than a few minutes. He's got to interject. And you've been like mesmerized the whole time, right? I mean, the both of us have just been sitting here mesmerized by this story because it's an amazing story. Well, Terry has a lot of energy and she's saying a lot of words. And when you listen to them, there's just so much there. There is a lot there. You know, yeah. I mean, it is, it is, there's just so much there. And it all is connected and it all leads to where she is right now. Well, and the work that you're doing is so important. And I really feel that it's so important right now because you, you're feeling such a shift out there. And then there's the people that absolutely don't believe in any of this. And then there are those of us that think this is the only way to go. And I'm not where you're at, but I know that this is the way to go. It's about loving yourself and healing yourself from within and mothering yourself. And I think, like, as a man, like, how do you feel when you hear that? I know you believe it, but how do you feel about that, like, even for yourself? Well, you know, there's a lot of, okay, so there's a lot of strength behind Terry and her message. Right. right? Um, and it's definitely not about weakness. It's about strength. It's a, totally about strength. And courage. And um, what I learned again, I mean, maybe I've heard it before, but what, Terry, what you drive home here is that energy is a living thing. 
and it attracts itself to other like energy, which makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like if, if I like sports, I want to hang out with people that like sports. You know, energy gets the same memo, right? And wants to hang out with like energy. And um, so when you say to go within, find that you, we don't really even know what's in front of us at that point. We don't know what the universe is going to bring to us. It's sort of like a secret blank page, which makes it even more exciting, right? I mean, you I don't think you really expected all of this to happen to you, right? Especially when you talk about your your new way out of the surgery and your trip and your enlightenment and now you're a healer. I mean, it's it's just um, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know really what's so is. fun about it, Charlie, is that life becomes an adventure. Where used to, I was a control freak. I was controlling in school, my boyfriend, my grades, then my work when I got into the work world and then became a mother. I was controlling my husband and my children, and life was not fun. And what has happened now is that as I have released the beliefs and, and, and seen every day as an opportunity to go within, if something triggers me in what I call, call getting lit up, I see it as a gift. Instead of feeling like a victim, which so many people come from that victim mentality, I see it as an opportunity to heal and to go within to find out who I am and what I believe. And then as I give myself permission to live that, that's when all these miracles show up. So now I know that no matter what shows up in my life, I can handle it because I'm not doing it alone. I'm connected to this universal energy of love. And if I'm holding the vibration of unconditional love inside of myself, then that's what I'm going to attract to me. If I'm holding the vibration of a kinder, gentler way, then that's what I'm going to attract to me. This is what we're missing on our planet. Everybody thinks if I work real hard, then I can have these things. No, if you work really hard and you disconnect from who you are and unconditional love, you come from a very low vibration of guilt, shame, needing to perform, anger, judgment, and because you're at those low-level vibrations, that's what you're going to attract to you. We have to stop the cycle. And, and let me tell you, for me, I didn't love myself enough to do this. I did it for my kids at first because I wanted something different for them. But mm-hmm. there are those who, who don't have children or those who, um, you know, who say my kids are already grown. Let me tell you, if you make a choice to get off the hamster wheel and say from this point forward, unconditional love is my number one goal, you're going to be blown away at how you affect people's lives, whether you're talking to them or they're simply watching you and learning. It's amazing the shift you make when you do this. Mm. Now, this is this is great, and I love everything that you're saying. With and conviction that you say it, right? Yes, yes, I do say it with conviction. And um, so we want to hear more, but we have to take our last break. Stay with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is Terry Britt. We'll be right back. Charlie Labosco is an author, speaker, and trainer with over 40 years' experience in the corporate workplace. Contact Charlie today to interact, influence, and inspire others in your organization. Whether it's a one-hour keynote presentation or a five-day training seminar, Charlie is available to speak on many topics, including making a difference in the workplace, even as one person, building shared leadership teams, and his signature award-winning seminar, Care Certification in the Workplace. Charlie speaking at your organization will make a difference on day one. 
For more information and to book Charlie, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Okay, so we are in our final segment with our very special guest, Terry Britt. And, you know, I want to take a second here, and I want to just mention again, T-E-R-R-I-B-R-I-T-T, TerryBritt.com. Just go there, write it down, go there later, just go there. Get right. the book. There's books there. There's more to learn about Terry and this journey and what she's offering. Um, you know, winner of best spiritual book of the year. You know how many spiritual books are written in a year? Yeah, I know. I, I mean, know. Terry, um, it's just unbelievable. You know, we could spend the whole show and then some talking about, you know, what's it like competing in a Miss USA pageant, let alone winning it, you know, how, what was the tension and the stress level, um, and then learning about everything else that you have been through. It's just, it's just unbelievable. But I, there's something that I want to share also to uh, Eva is I'm looking at, um, some of what's written about you, Terry, and you say, we women have the power to create immense change in our lives, homes, workplaces, and the world. And I say that only because that is also our mission, right? Our Very mission similar, yes, is to, to make mission. a difference in the workplace, our lives, and the world. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we are going to inhale everything you said and make us stronger and go forward um, and try to be half or a portion of what you have done, right? So we can't say enough. But I wanted to ask, because you had mentioned this word a couple of times during the uh, discussion here, so I want to talk about uh, the worthiness quotient and mm-hmm. how do you describe that? Because that, that's a powerful expression. The worthiness quotient is based in the vibration you hold, and it is how open you are to receiving the things you want. Most of us would like to believe, yeah, I deserve to receive this, I deserve to receive this, and then we work ourselves to death. But the worthiness quotient is how much do you love yourself unconditionally? Are you honoring and loving the way you were created? If you're not, you're going to sit at a low worthiness quotient. And the way you can tell that you're struggling with your worthiness quotient is by what shows up in your life. Because remember, whatever energy you're holding is what you attract to you. So say, for instance, you're in the workplace and your, and your boss doesn't listen to you. You are so frustrated because you just can't stand it anymore and you just want to blow a gasket. But instead of blowing a gasket, recognize that your worthiness quotient is low when it comes to work. Now, it may not be in every area of your life, but it's low right now. And and so you have to look at it and say, what is this mirroring to me? What is the gift? And that's when you go within and look at yourself. For me, I talk to the little girl inside of me. I talk to little Terry. She's about five years old. And I say, what's the belief you're holding on that this situation is mirroring back to you? So you might have a belief that, other people have the last, you know, have the last say so in a situation and you get, don't get to have a voice. That's a belief we take on since childhood often. So it could be many things. Well, then you give yourself permission 
to release the belief, and you say, I'm giving myself permission to have a voice. And, and I take people through a process of releasing the energy, and, I, and we do what's called a soul retrieval uh, to, to bring back that part of themselves that says, yes, you know, I do deserve to, to be heard in the workplace. And then as you do that and as you shift this and then take action, you raise your worthiness quotient, so now you can attract something really positive to you. But this is where we're all missing the boat because we keep thinking that we have to prove Prove ourselves worthy. Proving ourselves worthy does nothing but keep you on a hamster wheel of stress and struggle. It is when you say, I am going to love myself unconditionally, meaning I'm going to give myself a voice. I'm going to give myself permission to stand in my truth. I'm going to speak my feelings. I'm going to honor my feelings. I'm going to follow my passions. I'm going to allow myself to be fully who I am. That's when we get a high worthiness quotient because we're living in unconditional love. You have to think of it this way. Unconditional love equals inner abundance, which then turns to outer abundance. Hmm. Now, I love that. And, you know, Terry, I was wondering is, so when you go through the work to do the releasing, you know, you go through and you realize that there are different areas in your life where your worthiness quotient might not be up to speed and then you talk about a process. Is this a process that only someone like you that has had that training can lead someone through, or is this something that we can do on our own? Well, you can, I mean, it's always helpful if you have, like I'm getting ready to uh, release the Worthiness Quotient course, which is uh, the Worthiness Quotient, the missing key to a playful, passionate, and prosperous life, because Mm -hmm. that's what we really want, right? We want to be more playful, because if we're playful, that means we're hopefully more peaceful, that we're trusting mm-hmm. in the process, and passionate is because it's more fun that way, right? right. And then at your, mm-hmm. that high vibration, then you can, you can attract the prosperity that you want in your life. So I take you through a whole process to do that. But for you guys who are listening, the key is, is to listen to your feelings. Listen to how you're reacting to things. Pay attention. If you're in anything other than love and, and loving yourself and taking care of yourself and and really honoring who you are and the way you were created, you're going to be in negative emotions. You're going to feel sad, depressed, angry, resentful, frustrated, you name it. You're going to feel bad about yourself. That's your cue. That's your cue to go within and talk to the little kid inside of you, to parent that child. Even if you're a guy, you want to become the divine mother to that child. And you want to say, what's hurting? What is it that I can do for you to make you feel loved? What is it that makes you tick? What is it that makes you feel alive? You want to ask questions, be a detective, and ask what it is that makes this child who he or she was created to be. And then you say, okay, now you're telling me what that is. You're telling me that this is who you are. So what can I do today to love you so that we can take steps forward in honoring who you are and how you were created? So it's about listening to the feelings asking what the belief is, releasing the, the false belief, and then getting your truth and taking action. That's just that's it in a nutshell. Jeez, and like I always say, right, we get to cheat. We do get to <laughs> so cheat. So we get pro- we get like little personalized coaching lessons here. Actually I get to cheat because I, you know, read about this stuff and go to classes and stuff, but you don't listen to me. So when Terry, like a Terry comes on, then you listen, which is great. So that's a, that's a big cheat for me. As long as I, as long as I get it, right? As long as you get it. No, I, it's really, and it takes courage to do what you just said. It takes courage, you know, for a tough guy, say, 
to go in there and say it's you know we have to we have to water down the anger we don't want justice we want love <laughs> right exactly yeah and i think that's where the people miss the they they miss the point of healing because when you know all these emotions have been calibrated dr david hawkins did it in power versus force years ago he did mm-hmm. the map of consciousness and that's how we know about so much about the energy of these emotions it is at the point of 200 on his map of consciousness scale, which is the point of courage, that we actually start to bring life force, positive life force energy to us. So that's what we want, right? We want positive life force energy. Well, you got to have the courage to look within and heal to get rid of or to clear out those old negative emotions so that you can move into the positive end of the spectrum. Yes. Well, and I think so many times that people don't even realize how good it feels when you start moving through some of this stuff. You know, when you start releasing it, you, you, you know, we always in the past, like, especially when we were young, you know, you'd hear people always saying, well, I don't want to be a Pollyanna. And I say, why not? Right. That's a perfect way to be because if it's truly authentic and, you know, as I'm sure you've seen in your work, you know, when people start releasing this tough guy or not a tough guy, I mean, it just must be amazing. And, and you yourself have seen, you know, the miracles that have come into your life. Um, yeah. You know, unfortunately, we are just about out of time because there's so much more to talk about. Well, I just want to say <laughs> one more time, terrybrit.com, T-E-R-R-I-B-R-I-T-T.com. Terry Britt is what I learned is an energetic healer Mm -hmm. and um there's multiple books out there there's you want to be enlightened let terry show you like she just showed us yes and so terry thank you so much for being on the show today we've really learned a lot and there's so much more to talk about we i know we just hit the tip of the iceberg yeah. Yeah. Um, thank, thank you, you and for it, sharing everything with us. Yes. Yeah, and and I hope that if it if it can plant any seeds for anybody, is that you are worthy of so much more than what you're receiving. And make sure you get the Worthiness Quotient Breakthrough Bundle on the homepage of my site because it's going to give you uh, a whole ebook of what we've just talked about and some meditations to help you get started. Excellent. That's perfect. The thank Worthiness you. Bundle. TerryBritt.com. Yes. So thank you so much, Terry. Have a great night. You too. Thanks, guys. See ya. Bye. No, that was great, right? Oh. And again, it's Terry Britt, T-E-R-R-I-B-R-I-T-T dot com. Like the books she's are like there. A, a tornado of energy. No, she's terrific. And thank you again for listening. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Have a great week. Bye, guys. <laughs>